What a great time to be a Giant, be a fan of the Giants. Like we have something going here. We're building something special, and you know you can see it from the outside and inside. It's even more beautiful. Reflecting on everything that got me here, just to see that uniform, and you know I, I watched. That's the team I watched the most growing up. Cause my dad was a Giants fan. So once a Giant, always a Giant. For me, it's only a Giant. Welcome everybody to another edition of All In with Art Stapleton, a New York Giants podcast brought to you by NorthJersey.com. I'm your host, Art Stapleton. And we have taken the show on the road this week to Detroit, Michigan, or the suburbs of Detroit, Allen Park, the home of the Detroit Lions, Dan Campbell, once a giant, always a giant, as we've got a set of joint practices between the Lions and the Giants. Day one was today, so I figured... We would do a reaction podcast to everything we saw on the fields. I'll kind of give you the lay of the land, how things set up, what was said by Brian Dable and Dan Campbell before the practices, and then Daniel Jones and Darren Waller after practice. Uh, But a lot of this stuff is the sights and sounds we see and some observations about where things went. So I'm going to give it to you right here. Also, check out our stories on NorthJersey.com. I did a column on Daniel Jones Monday, asked him the elite quarterback question made famous by Eli Manning with Michael Kay back in the summer of 2011. Uh, Really had fun writing that column on Daniel. He certainly, um, not to the extent that some athletes are, but he's a polarizing guy. I think there are people who appreciate Daniel for who he is. I think there are people who look at Daniel Jones and all they want to do is drag him. And uh, I kind of looked at that, wrote about that, gave him my opinions, but also asked Daniel about that, and I thought he was pretty candid. So if you haven't read that column, please go to NorthJersey.com and read it. It's about Daniel Jones. Uh, and much more than the elite quarterback question, but uh, that's certainly the headline grabber. Also did a story on Kayvon Thibodeau. This is an interesting week for Kayvon. Uh, Obviously, the Giants and the Lions played last year in the regular season, but for Kayvon to come here this week in the start of year two, knowing that if things were different, he could have been a Lion. Uh, Instead, they went Aiden Hutchinson and... Kayvon landed three spots later with the Giants. Uh, I thought Kayvon was pretty candid in terms of how he viewed his year one and his rookie season. He was not pleased uh, from a statistical standpoint, but he thinks that he probably took the different the wrong approach, that his approach should have been more about his overall game, uh, and he had it in his mind that numbers were going to determine his success, so only ending up with four sacks during the regular season. And let's be honest, those were pretty impactful sacks. Uh, You could think of two of them immediately off the top. It was the game that earned him the nickname The Closer inside the locker room when he strip-sacked Lamar Jackson and the Giants went on to beat Baltimore. And then obviously his performance in prime time against Washington uh, when he strip-sacked Taylor Heineke, 
scooped up his own fumble and rumbled into the end zone for a touchdown to kind of get things started on the game that really tilted the playoffs in the Giants' favor, and then ultimately they ended up clinching uh, against Indianapolis. So we're not here for a history lesson, although I think we could go down memory lane a little bit. This is my second time here for joint practices between the Giants and the Lions. The first time was 2018. Pat Shermer was the coach. Eli Manning was the quarterback. Odell Beckham Jr. was weeks away from signing a long-term lucrative deal that we all believed would keep him with the Giants uh, at least for the next part of his career. And we know how that worked out the following offseason. And then you think about Saquon Barkley as a rookie and how far he's come and really the ups and downs that he's had to deal with and endure. And then you look at this offseason kind of setting a different tone for Saquon going into this camp and this summer and then ultimately this season. You know, I think back to 2018, the preseason game, uh, Saquon did not practice all week because he had, he had hurt his hamstring uh, right before the Giants made the trip to Detroit. So he was on the side uh, at the game at Ford Field. Cameras caught Saquon and Barry Sanders, who Saquon considers one of his childhood idols. Uh, mirrors, obviously, his game in some ways after Barry Sanders, and who wouldn't? Pro Football Hall of Famer, so a lot of respect there. Uh, the respect was mutual. Barry Sanders showed that to Saquon. Now, five years later, today, after practice, there's Barry Sanders talking to Saquon Barkley. Uh, and, you know, we weren't able to speak with Saquon to get an idea as to what they had discussed. But here's where I stand on the, the Saquon situation is that, and I kind of wrote this in an observations column that's on NorthJersey.com. The reality is with Saquon, we were going into the summer thinking that we were going to be writing about Saquon every day, that we would be talking about Saquon. It would be, where is Saquon? Uh, and here's the impact without Saquon. Uh, here's what the offense looks without him. Uh, and something funny happened on the way to him signing the compromised one-year deal on report day back at the end of July. And what happened is that from that day forward, it's almost like Saquon has become an afterthought, a footnote at Giants practice. Part of that is because of the way the drills are set up. You know, the running game is very you know sparse. You don't want too much contact. You don't want tackling to the ground. So you almost have to imagine uh, what runs would be uh, in certain circumstances. You watch the blocks. You see how the blocking scheme worked. You see how he hits the hole. Uh, but today, the two best plays, I thought, for the Giants offense were Saquon Barkley plays. One, he had a run kind of up the middle, really more towards the right side, off of John Michael Schmitz, the rookie center. We'll get to him in a little while. Uh, and Saquon basically hit that hole, made that cut, and decisively was heading, heading down the rest of the field. Now, who knows if the Lions would have been in position downfield to make a, a tackle on him, but... Um, you know, it was an impressive run nonetheless. Good block by Schmitz uh, and 
away Saquon went. Now, another play was, and this is all in 11 on 11, uh, it was a screen to Saquon, and Andrew Thomas really made the play happen. Uh, he held firm in the pocket, was kind of a lot deeper than he, he would like in the pocket. But he held firm and gave Daniel Jones enough time on a delayed screen to Saquon. And then Saquon was in the open field, and it was it was one of those down the field. And, you know, that is what you love to see from Saquon uh, in this offense, where he's at. Um, so you're going to hear a lot about the offense today and how they didn't look great and, you know, is it just because it's a product of going against another team and, you know, they it's okay to beat up on their own team, but they're not going to be very good? There were positives and negatives on the offensive side. Now, I spent most of my time today uh, on the field that had the Giants offense going against the Lions defense. And part of the reason is because I just wanted to see how the pieces fit together for the Giants, not just offensive line, but see how Daniel Jones played. And I'll tell you this. Daniel Jones was off a bit on throws to the sideline, deep throws to the sideline. He had two to Darren Waller. Darren Waller had a linebacker on his back. Uh, the first one, uh, I think Jones underthrew it a little bit, and Alex Anzalone, a linebacker, was able to knock the ball away from Waller, uh, but it was really a bang-bang play in that situation. And then another one late in practice, uh, he had Waller deep, and Waller had a step on another linebacker, and Jones overthrew him. So I think they're still working through that rhythm, trying to find that rhythm, especially in a competitive period uh, for Jones and Waller. We've seen what they've been able to do in seven-on-seven. Seven. We've seen what they've been able to do at times in team periods against their own team. Uh, but I do think it's still a work in progress. Now, you got to remember in these practices – the way they structured the 11-on-11 and 7-on-7 today, they essentially had four to five plays, and that was it. They were off the field. I know the cynic will say, well, that's all they have anyway because then they come out and punt, but <laughs> that's not the case here. So it is kind of disjointed in a way that the Giants really didn't find much of a rhythm, and I don't believe the Lions found a great rhythm either. Uh, I think it's one of those things where, you know, you're looking at what can this offense become over the course of the next couple weeks now, because this is another phase. We've seen what they can do in camp. We've seen that two plus weeks. We've been impressed with some of the pieces. Now we have to see how the Giants put those pieces together schematically. And a lot of that is the running game with Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones. And there were a couple of runs that Daniel Jones made today that had this been in a game, they were gaping holes. Jones would have taken it the distance, uh, most likely, and, and gone into the end zone. And all of a sudden, plays look a lot different than what they would if they blow it dead because they don't want the quarterbacks out here running and joint practices. So that's something to keep an eye on. Um, so what I didn't like was that I felt as though the Giants receivers were kind of a little bit tentative. I thought the Lions were much more aggressive in the secondary, uh, and there were actually a couple collisions that, um, you know, I don't think that the Giants appreciated, at least the individual players. Paris Campbell took a shot across the middle. 
obviously they didn't throw a flag. There wasn't any screaming and yelling, but you could tell they weren't ready for that. Uh, no, I don't want to say ready. They weren't expecting that kind of um, aggressive play. And that's what it was. Uh, then Lawrence Cager took a hit late. And he went out, came back in, uh, the reserve tight end. And, you know, that was another play where I think, think maybe Detroit is a little bit more aggressive than what the Giants have been in camp. And you know what? Maybe for the Giants it's a good thing because now they have a defense that's playing a little bit more aggressive. And I don't think the Giants lack aggression. I just think that's the way Dable wants to have his practices, that they're, they're going to be careful with their own players. I think the Lions are a little bit more aggressive, or at least they were today. And I think that kind of threw the offense off from what I saw. Um, I thought Isaiah Hodgins played extremely well today. I thought he had uh, he won every one of his one-on-one uh, -on -one battles against the Lions starters. I thought Sterling Shepard looked great today. Uh, very encouraging to see Shep put that together. Now, tomorrow will be a big day to see if he gets another heavy workload or if they pull back on him. Uh, but looked very crisp at the top of his routes, uh, was making in-cuts, looked like he was moving well. Uh, he made one catch that tumbling across the middle, like I said, with that contact from the Detroit DB and Shepard kind of held the ball to his hip for a catch uh, as he tumbled to the ground. So I thought that was impressive. With Waller, anything over the middle is a catch for Waller. That's what it looks like. That's what it feels like. So I think the Giants were really conscious of trying to get things to the sideline. Um, and I think they were trying to work on that. And it was as evidenced by the lack of connection. I think that's something that they will work on and continue to work on to try to build that chemistry in game against the live defense uh, and kind of work on that, you know, the, the ball placement and Jones knowing where Waller wants it, Waller knowing where he wants it, if he's going up for it. So that's kind of how I look at it. So I'm not waving the white flag. I'm also not going against anyone who's saying that the offense didn't look great today. I, I don't think they looked great overall, um, but there have been many days this summer that they, they have absolutely looked great. What I think is that in order to truly assess where they're at, I think you've got to take some positives out of here and see where how they're going to build now on the positives. They're not going to game plan for the Lions, just like the Lions aren't game planning for the Giants. So if you run against schemes that kind of go against what the play you called and what you had on your script, you're not going to all of a sudden go back into the huddle and say, we're not going to run this play because that's a play that you think is going to work in a game against a team, that how they're going to attack it. So that's just where... We're at with that. Uh, let's talk offensive line. I think Andrew Thomas, again, is just slow and steady. And I'm, when I say slow, I don't mean physically slow. I just mean it just seems like everything is at a crawl with him, that the game is coming to him so easily. You know, when he was a rookie, everything sped up. Players were coming after him, and it seemed like everything was too fast for him. Uh, mentally, physically, and just the way that happens. It happened to Evan Neal last year. Uh, you know, when things kind of spin out of control, things happen too fast, and you can't kind of regain your composure. A couple times today, Thomas may have gotten beat off the line initially, 
and he just he recovered. His recovery ability um, with his technique is about as good as I've seen it since he's been here. I mentioned John Michael Schmitz, and I'll mention him again. Uh, I I don't think the Giants are looking to continue this competition at center. I think they will continue to get Ben Bredesen work there. Uh, but I think this is Schmitz's job to lose. I think we've said that going back to the spring. Uh, and I think I like the command that Schmitz is showing. I think this was good for him to go up against a different team, to not go up against Dexter Lawrence every, every down in practice. Because as good as the Lions are going to be this year and as much as people are throwing them bouquets, they don't have Dexter Lawrence at nose tackle over the center. So I think it gives Schmitz a little bit of an opportunity to take a, take a breath. Uh, he, there were no issues with his snaps today. Um, like I said, he, he looked really comfortable with the combo blocks. We know the Giants have had problems with stunts, especially on the, on the edge and in the interior. Uh, Schmitz looked like he picked that up very well. The starting line was Thomas at left tackle, Bredesen at left guard, Schmitz at center, Glowinski at right guard, and Matt Parrott at right tackle. Matt Parrott has played a lot better than what he did uh, on that Saturday night practice against Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, so I think Pert maybe has settled down a little bit, which is a good sign for him and for the Giants as he makes a run at that swing tackle spot. Um, I think they also worked in Joshua Azudu in his second year at left guard for Bredesen because there was times where Bredesen took snaps at the second team center spot and um, I thought Azudu had a couple different blocks today that were pretty good. Uh, so that, that impressed me for the line. Um, and like I said, I, I, think, I think overall, if you look at some of the positives, if you're Brian Dable, you can find that on the film tonight and maybe attack those tomorrow. So you hope that it's a better day completion-wise for the Giants offense. Uh, I do want to talk about Jalen Hyatt. I continue to be impressed not with his vertical speed which is impressive but his short area quickness it just seems like at the top of his routes whenever he makes a cut it gains him about a yard and a half of separation and I'm not exaggerating he is gaining separation when he comes out of his break it happened today on I don't know if it was a crosser it was probably more of a skinny post from Daniel Jones and it was just smooth as glass. And Hyatt made the catch. It was catch and run. So you never know in a game you hit something like that. What happens with the safety? Where's the safety? Um, so I was, again, impressed with Hyatt. He drew a penalty, uh, defensive pass interference, because of one of those cuts that he made on one of his routes. Uh, I think it was during 7-on-7, seven seven, but it may have been a one-on-one -on -one drill. Um, so I look at that and I say, boy, just keep progressing Jalen Hyatt to the point where they can truly use you in situations uh, to take the top off the defense, but also to make plays over the middle of the field and have that opportunity to not just make that play, but make that play and go. And they haven't had that since Odell was here. Flip to the side of the defense. 
I'm going to have to watch the defense a lot more tomorrow. The way they have the setup of the Lions now is that they're on uh, parallel fields. So the Giants defensive starters were going against the Lions offensive starters on one field. And then we were watching the offensive starters for the Giants against the Lions defensive starters on the other field. So all I can tell you is this. I've heard that the Giants more than held their own up front, which you would anticipate defensively. I heard they were were impressive offensively in the one-on-one drills, which were held on a far corner of the field that really we could not watch. I may try to bring my binoculars out tomorrow and get a better view. Um, but I think that's good for the Giants' defense. I know one-on-ones are always difficult for the DBs. Uh, Nick McLeod had an interception in one-on-one, which is rare. I think that was a good thing. Uh, I had also heard that Bobby McCain played pretty well today uh, with the second and third team at safety. Uh, When they went to team goal line, uh, Jason Pinnock played pretty well. Uh, Xavier McKinney, I thought the defensive front played well. You know, the jo- the Lions ended up running the ball in th- a couple times, but I think that play would have been stopped. Uh, Xavier McKinney had a running back stopped uh, at the two-yard line and just kind of let him go, and the fans explode, and so they think it's a touchdown. But I think that play ends right there, the way McKinney stopped Hawkinson last year in the playoff game with the Vikings. I think he makes that play and the Giants get off the field in that situation. Uh, So that about wraps it up. Uh, Make sure you check out my observations. Like I told you, the Daniel Jones feature column, the Thibodeau feature column, Friday morning, 10 a.m., and I'll keep reminding you, the debut of All In on New York Giants newsletter, NorthJersey.com backslash All In. Put your email address in, you're subscribed, you will get the newsletter Friday morning, 10 o'clock, in your inbox. We will have different elements to lead off, try to make it some personal every week. One idea I have is you guys can email me your story, how you became a Giants fan. And then every week I'll include one of those in the newsletter. I think that'll be fun. You get to know some of your other Giants fans. You have a cool story. Uh, is it a legacy thing in your family? Um, just something doesn't have to be a long letter, but you can email me at stapleton at northjersey.com. That's S-T-A-P-L-E-T-O-N at northjersey.com. Email me your story. Uh, and if I can get that out there, um, I'll try to pick one every week and uh, get it in the newsletter. I think people appreciate that. Kind of hear about your other, your fans in your fan base um, and what it means to them, what Giants football means to you. Uh, So we'll be back here, Allen Park, on Wednesday. Festivities kick off at 10 a.m. with Brian Dable and then 10.30 to 12.30, second of two joint practices. And then obviously we have Friday with the preseason opener, 7 o'clock, Giants-Lions at Ford Field. Uh, We'll get a better sense hopefully tomorrow, but I don't believe the Giants are going to play many starters, if any. I don't know what that means for the rookies like John Michael Schmitz or Jalen Hyatt. Uh, Specifically, uh, we'll have to see where they're at uh, in turn, Deontay Banks. 
to see if they are playing in a game on Friday night, just a taste to kind of get that feel or if Brian Dable wants to hold them back a little bit, maybe play them at home uh, the following week. We'll see. We'll get to that. So we appreciate you being all in. That's why we're all in. We'll talk to you tomorrow.